coming up on The Medicine Podcast. Six ways healthy couples thrive. If you hate being in love, you probably don't want to listen to this episode. <laughs> but if you have any interest, and again, reiterating the importance for not just people who are in a relationship, but those who are single as well. People don't realize how many opportunities for growth they have in their relationship. And newsflash, no matter how perfect your partner is for you, you're my person. There's no one else in the world for me. I know that. We still have some charged conversations. It doesn't just go away when you find the one. When you find the right one. I would honestly be worried if there was zero, zero disagreement or charged conversations on anything between a relationship. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi, and I'm sitting next to my beautiful blue-eyed, bull-wearing t-shirt man. No one will understand that <laughs> uh, if they're not Just, watching. Yeah. I have a Chicago Bulls uh, three-quarter sleeve Henley on right now. It's nice. And that's it, the reference. It hugs your muscles nicely. Yeah, it's a small. I got it a few years ago, <laughs> and I'm not a small any longer with these freaking pecs, baby. They're <laughs> ripping out of this thing. Just can't get enough air. No. Just dying. No. If your nipples aren't visible through your t-shirt, <laughs> is your shirt too big? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. We got a fun conversation ahead of us. Yeah, I think this is a, you know, we've danced around a lot of these topics before, and a lot of these attributes of healthy relationship before right (laughs) but we're after going through you know uh, what what is an outline and and a set of notes and uh, some pretty good dialogue between the two of us i don't know if we've ever talked about all of these Mm -hmm. in combination as it pertains to yo if you're gonna get into a relationship which a lot of people do a lot of people get into (laughs) committed relationships why aren't you trying to make this the best thing possible yeah it's yep. it's kind of like if you have worked hard for your for money, you worked hard for that money. <laughs> you <laughs> you work hard for that money. She uh, works hard. She works hard for that money. So hard. If you've worked hard for money, you've gotten a good mortgage and you buy your forever home. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of just let it haphazardly uh f- fall apart maybe waste away maybe it just sort of depreciate over time you don't you, 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 you don't, don't do have any the chores you don't do any maintenance yeah. you never clean it and you just go damn it dude my house sucks <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to <laughs> no, me it doesn't. And, but the thing is is that people do that all the time in relationships yeah, yeah. they go well I'm, I'm married now or well i'm in a committed long-term partnership and uh for some reason maybe it's just bad luck but yeah things just aren't optimal yeah, I think the the devil's advocate argument to that is like, I think unfortunately, some couples, some people within couples don't subscribe to the fact, and it is a fact, that we are creating it. We are creating our relationship day in and day out. Yeah. Yes, things can happen outside your control, not saying that, but... For the most part, we do have way more control over the health of our relationship than we don't have control. Yeah. And so I think that's one thing is that people don't fully take that ownership. It's more of like, well, yeah, some relationships are just good and some relationships are just shitty. And I guess I got bad luck. And you're, you kind of just, you know, fall in line on the distribution center on relationships. Yeah. Just like this is what I got. 
if you're not in a relationship right now, this might actually be more important for you. <laughs> you just got really excited. I know because I was thinking yeah. about it as you were talking. This is actually more important for people who are not in a relationship yet. Why? Because if you lay this as the foundation yeah. for what your relationship will be, you won't have to have the slamming on the brakes. Mm-hmm. Let's stop everything and try to pivot the way and the direction mm-hmm. that this that this relationship dynamic is going. By the way, like we did. Like we did. And ours had a had a, just a, the complete separation divorce. Like you can't get any more separated outside of death than what ours looked like. And it is challenging for relationships who've been in it and they have habits built and they've mm-hmm. got walls of, of resentment and bitterness and scorekeeping score that is in between them to make some of these changes. So. Yeah. If you're in a relationship, it's important, obviously, because you might have to have that slam on the brakes moment uh, or mm-hmm. at least start introducing some behavioral changes. But if you're not in a relationship, you know, add this motherfucker to your tool belt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, it's, a, it's a really good point. You can have a, a foundational knowledge of what a healthy partnership can look like. It's not like this is the manual. It's not like this is an exhaustive list and there's nothing else. Of course not. But everyone knows that feeling when you're around a couple that just feels amazing to be around. You you feel lit up. You feel inspired. You feel like almost if if you are single, you feel hopeful that that you're going to find something that resembles this couple that you admire. And we have plenty of couples in our life. We surround ourselves with people and couples like that. And, um, and there are themes of how healthy people in a healthy relationship behave together. And all of what we're going to talk about today fall in line uh, as themes of what we notice around the, the people around us, the friends that we have, um, if they have a healthy relationship, guaranteed all of them do these things. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about six ways healthy couples thrive. And this is not an exhaustive list, but six ways that that we were able to at least mm-hmm. talk through, uh, explain in a little bit more detail, and then give some examples from our life. So that's what we'll be going through today. Guys, if you're loving the Medicine Podcast, you know what means a ton is you sharing. Mm-hmm. It, that's great if it's on social media. You share a link to one of our episodes, maybe even this episode on your Instagram story or a post or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's even meaningful if you just tell a friend or hit yeah. us up and say, Send hey, it to someone you love. that episode, you nailed it. Or, man, you missed this. I would have loved to have heard this. Yeah. We are so, so open to feedback. And like, honestly, it makes my day when I hear from somebody that that even is saying like giving me a like on, on a, a shared link or something like that. So it just means a ton. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. So if you look at the medicine on YouTube and if you haven't subscribed yet, give us a subscribe mm-hmm. and uh, we <clears throat> will be in 2024 putting forth a lot more like clips and short form on YouTube. So you can listen to the full episodes on on audio and then we'll likely be adding more, uh, more clips and more shorter form content mm-hmm. onto YouTube. Yeah, we so know really it's a, for that. we know it's a commitment to sit down and watch you know, a, an episode on YouTube as an hour and a half or whatever. I mean, it's not really a commitment for us because we, that's what we watch for our nighttime TV is oftentimes podcasts. Yeah. So it's like, it's fun for us. And 
you guys can definitely do that if you like. But we know that it's, you know, it can be a commitment to just sit down and watch. Um, and so we we definitely want to offer more, um, you know, short form clips that are that are easier to watch in entirety and then send to people as well. Totally. You know, I was thinking about these these six ways that healthy couples thrive. And I had we put the notes together and we talked through them and I went to uh, chat GPT because it's a very easy way to find, you know, scientific research around things. And I was just curious, like, are people doing scientific studies around relationship vitality mm-hmm. and you know, what does healthy relationship dynamics lead to in one's life? Because it, let's just get really practical. We, we obviously know that you want to have a good relationship and you want to have these, you know, various ways that you're contributing to a thriving relationship. But in addition to the obvious, what are people actually looking into? You know, there's some scientists out there that's like, now, why should I want to be in love? You know, yeah. <laughs> what, what are the, what are the benefits yeah. for me to be in yeah. love? Here? Yeah. And there are, there are studies, there's scientific studies talking about the relationship between a, those who report healthy relationship dynamics and their marriage. These are mostly marriage studies, but they lead to longer lifespan and not just longer mm-hmm. lifespan, longer health span, which mm-hmm. is this, this determining factor of like, how healthy do you yeah. feel over the course of your life? What's your, yeah. What's your quality of right. life? Improved physical health, mental health, emotional health, you know, less susceptibility to anxiety, depression, um, compulsive disorders, addiction, quality of life, obviously stress management, obviously when, it, when you talk about those things and then there's actually a relationship between the ability for someone to make healthy lifestyle choices for what, as it pertains to diet and exercise, when they have a partner, when they have a, a marriage that is also mirroring those practices. And so it's like an accountability buddy yeah. of the utmost yeah. degree, because you've got a marriage where part of the deal is that you're both choosing healthy lifestyle practices. Um, and the last one, and this one just totally rung my, my masculine feminine interest bell uh, because people reported feeling more of a sense of purpose mm. and more of an ability to access love, i.e. have more love in your life, which what do we know about the masculine and the feminine? Yeah. Masculinity is looking for purpose Yeah, and to have a feeling of purpose within the domain of a relationship. And then that kind of trickles down into a family and a community, uh, is just so vital for masculinity. And then mm-hmm. what do we talk about with the, with the feminine often? Yeah. There's never enough love. There's never enough love. So having a channel to experience love, mm-hmm. like quite literally at your fingertips because it's your partner. Mm-hmm. God damn it, dude. It's so important for the feminine. It is so, it is so important. And, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't know how they're doing these. I didn't read the scientific data, mm-hmm. but, but to see chat GPT referencing a host of different, like what I would imagine to be more like psychological research and, and, you know, relationship psychology studies mm-hmm. uh, was really, really cool. Um, so of course, putting some validity to the the reason as to why we just continue to talk about these things is yeah. because if you focus on your romantic partnership, you focus on your relationship or you focus on what will hopefully be that for you yeah. if you are a single person, it's not just a nice attribute in your life. It is pervasive across mm-hmm. every lane that you might yeah. have the consideration of, of should this be healthy for me or not? Well, think about the ripple too. You know, when you and I put energy and effort towards building a beautiful, fulfilling, healthy dynamic. 
and we bring a child into the world and that is their example of how to interact with a loved one, how to be, you know, engaging in respectful communication, how to even resolve conflict, how to, you know, play together and all of these things that we're going to talk about. They now, that's their, that's their bar, right? Not saying that everyone, you know, turns out perfectly if they have a healthy, you know, example of loving relationships, loving parents, but you're at a major advantage if you do. So now that's their bar and they go into society and can behave that way. It just, it trickles out. So there's no like limit to how much this can impact your own life, but also other people's lives trickling out into humanity and, and, you know, later generations. It's funny because sometimes, and this is going to probably sound weird as it comes out of my mouth. <laughs> there's there's a common thought, and I'll just speak from the male perspective, where happy wife, happy life. And the thought goes through your head where you go, oh, I just got to make her happy. Otherwise, this is going to be really brutal. <laughs> like, I just got to make her happy so that this doesn't turn into a shit show. <laughs> and I understand that where that's coming from. That is a shadow version mm-hmm. of what maybe the statement that I would correct would be what's the amended statement i will be significantly more happy when she is happy with our relationship and happy with me Mm -hmm. and sometimes when i move the incentive on actually my well-being and it's no offense to you but when i can actually and have experienced the fact that i am feeling better as a human being when our relationship is well, when you are well, and you know what will probably be a family is well. It's tough to make that logical conclusion sometimes when you like spell it out and do the math because you're like, I have all these other things that I you know want to do or should do. If I divert my attention back into the family, or you know, this is kind of the masculine problem often, the family or the relationship, I just don't know if that's going to pencil out. <laughs> but in reality actually leaning back inwards to that domain of family Mm -hmm. and relationship is abundance dude it's such abundance for happiness and vitality and well-being that you will forget about all of the things you think you need to accomplish in order to achieve your happiness yeah uh 100 uh i agree i I have a different way of thinking just because I have a feminine essence. And so, but I I 100% understand what you're saying. And the way that I view it is like, we both have to live in this relationship. Like you, you have to then sow what you reap, what you sow. You reap what you sow. So if you're degrading your partner and you're making them feel wrong and bad and stupid and all these things, you're then going to live in that environment. It's going to come back. It's going to ripple back. It's going to bounce back to you eventually. So like, don't you want to live in a better environment? Right. Yeah. It's it's very simple, but obviously there's enough divorce and dysfunction in the world that simple things are not always easy. Yep. But um, hopefully after listening to this episode, you know, things might be a little easier for some people or, yeah. or being able to recognize these healthy patterns and themes will be a little easier for people. For sure. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the six. Let's do it. All right. Um, you want me to start with the first one here? Go for it. Number, And these are not in any like particular order, like number one, the most important. It's just a list of six. Okay. Um, so the first one we have is 
healthy people in healthy couples and healthy relationships, they want their partner to win in life. Now, let me explain what I mean by win. This is not a win-lose scenario. No one's winning and losing. Not like I will sacrifice myself so that you can win. Right. It's not a winning of an argument. It's I want my partner to feel like they're winning in life in general, including in our relationship. So are you constantly looking for ways that your partner is wrong or not doing something correctly, something that you need to correct, something that they're not getting right? Are you constantly looking for those ways and are you bringing them up to your partner? You will program your mind this way to only see those things. We all have the whole spectrum in us, right? But if you consistently are looking for ways that your Mm -hmm. partner is wrong or not doing things correctly and you bring that up to them because you want them to know that you're not happy with the way that they're showing up. I'm not saying whitewash. I'm not saying bypass. I'm not saying don't speak up when something is important to you. But we all know that feeling. We all know the feeling when you want your partner to know that they're wrong, when you want them to feel wrong. And that is a really, really slippery slope down to dysfunction. Rather than, I, I want you to feel like you are winning in our relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I'll stop there for now and, and let you bring in your thoughts. Well, no, I think that's great. And I think that the uh, silent tests, uh, which can probably fall under a host of these uh, six that we talk about today, but the silent test, an example with that for that would be, I tell him to clean up his socks all the time off the floor. Yeah. And um, I'm going to intentionally leave some socks around to see if he picks them up or maybe it's not socks, but it's a shirt or something else or, or dishes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I wonder if he's got the brains to be able to, you know, intuit yeah. that it's more than just socks. Right. And then he doesn't yeah. do it. And these are these silent tests. Um, so that's definitely an attribute of this wanting their partner to win. You know, the other thing that I think of is just like, I think it happens when you start out in relationships where you are genuinely desiring them to succeed be happy and find fulfillment in mm-hmm. the relationship, but also their life. Mm-hmm. You want them to be healthy and vital. You want them to have career success. You want them to have hobbies and be independently able to fill up their cup without mm-hmm. having to have the relationship be their source for vitality and happiness. But everybody knows whether that's through their direct experience of their own relationship or having witnessed from others, the couples that are secretly kind of rooting that their partner fucks up a little bit Mm -hmm. somewhere oh yeah or like i don't want them to get healthy because i don't really want to get healthy either Mm -hmm. or i don't really like that they have a friend group outside of our relationship where they find joy and happiness and fulfillment because that is threatening to me in some way Mm -hmm. about our relationship that is the opposite of abundance that's scarcity and so by living in abundance one would entertain the idea uh, the sweatshirt. I'm wearing my 888 Abundance sweatshirt. Shout out to Christina Rice. The sequenced numbers of 888 represent abundance. Yes. Um, but that's definitely what comes up for me when it's like beyond just a simple wish for them to be doing well, it's like an actual investment in their well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, think of think of this as if you are an investor and you've the marriage or the relationship is like 
I have literally put my capital into this entity and I want it to thrive. And what that means is every aspect of this entity has to thrive. And that includes the other person's life, holistic life. And thus I will be their biggest advocate, their biggest fan. You know, what, what are examples of this? This is like celebrating victories, big Mm -hmm. and small, and and especially being in tune with your partner, because I'm not someone who will celebrate my victories. I I may not even mention them. I may not even know their victories because I'm so, you know, unaware of things that I should be celebrating in my life sometimes. But I think back on like when we're, when I passed my CPA exam when I was like 20 something and, you know, you were really excited for me and that just felt so good. I remember you making me like a little gift basket or something. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. You are celebrating the big wins and and even the small wins, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if someone has compulsive habits or an addiction or something and you see them making progress, like celebrate the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, encouragement, no brainer, uh, like you're a teammate. Be a source of motivation, mm-hmm. but also assistance. So it's not just like an accountability buddy, but sometimes it's like, hey, how can I help? How can I be, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, can, how, I can, support? I, how can I actually support? Yeah. For deep focus, quick recall, and mental clarity, there is only one supplement that I reach for. Our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula. This is Qualia Mind, and it's been changing minds and lives for years now. For help with my daily mental performance and help supporting my long-term brain health, I think Qualia Mind is absolutely indispensable. It's so cool to be able to take a product where you don't have to wonder if it's working because I noticed the difference in just days to my deep focus, my mood, my memory, and my willpower to get shit done. This formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to be synergistic and complementary to one another, factoring in each ingredient's effect on supporting mental clarity. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, so you have almost three months to try Qualia Mind at no financial risk and decide for yourself. See what the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mental clarity and focus. Go to neurohacker.com forward slash the medicine and use discount code the medicine, T-H-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N at checkout for a huge, massive, gigantic discount on your first bottle or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Okay, bye. Little important nugget here is even if you may disagree with a decision they've made, Mm -hmm. if you trust them enough to partake in their endeavor, commit to, to rooting for them and wanting them to win. Mm -hmm. Let's say, cause this probably happens in relationships. Um, one partner decides to transition their job or they are changing salaries or something. And the, the husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend maybe doesn't necessarily think that's the best move for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, hey, you kind of got a good setup here. Like, what do you, what are you thinking about? But if you trust that individual and then that they've made that decision to make a, to make an occupation or a livelihood transition to be in this desire for them to win, you would then be like, Hey, yeah, I got my other, I have other thoughts. But you have made that decision and I'm going all out now for you to be successful at this. We are, we are in this together, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's kind of a little extra 
nuance that I was thinking about as it pertains to this mm-hmm. one that I, that I thought of. Yeah, I love that. We were just we were just watching um, Jeff Bezos interview yeah. last night, and he said something really similar, but in a business context, where he was saying, as a CEO, you know, he has people coming to him all the time with ideas and some of them he doesn't he he wholeheartedly disagrees but this person is on the ground boots on the ground they're in the situation they're closer to the situation and so he says well if i trust this person i've hired this person i know them a long time i trust their judgment even though i disagree i'm going to commit so he calls it disagree and commit and i love that stance it's like yeah a relationship isn't a business but some of the concepts really do apply yeah. well where it's like hey i might disagree with you but i'm going to be all in on what you've chosen for your life i'm going to be your your biggest support you know, because the alternative is just a tough place for the other person to be. Even if it doesn't turn out well, the last thing that you want it to be, that you want it to sound like or be like is like, see, I told you so. Totally. I told yeah. you so. People are waiting I knew for it. that I told you so moment. I knew it. It's, yeah. just, it's like if you disagree, you're almost wanting them to fail because you want to be able to tell them I told you so. Yeah, for sure. Which sucks. For sure. So that's definitely something that we avoid. And we encourage other people to avoid. We face this a little bit, you know, in part one versus our part two now. I would say for me, like, (sighs) there were definitely times when my feelings were hurt. And instead of bringing it up in a really constructive way that I would now, like, hey, can I talk to you about something? Like, my feelings were really hurt when you X, Y, Z. Can we talk about this? I would go silent. I would go like radio silent MIA and I would just be like a ghost, emotionless, not laughing with you. You'd make a joke and I'd be like, I'm still pissed from what you said. And I need you to know that I'm unhappy, that I'm hurt. And I didn't want you to win. I didn't want you to win in that scenario. I wanted you to feel like you were losing so that you would figure it out and come to me and say, you know, I fucked up or whatever. And that's that's really just cruel to your partner because sometimes they don't even know that they've hurt your feelings. Sometimes you did, but sometimes you didn't. And it's just cruel. And it's also way, you you suffer way longer than you need to. Mm-hmm. So again, speaking to like, I'm creating the situation. Yes, you hurt my feelings, but if I just brought it to you in a constructive way, like I do now, we could have been over and done with this. Like you probably would have said like, Oh my God, babe, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Or the, you know, we could have had some constructive dialogue around it. So that was definitely something in part one where I, I definitely felt like I, I didn't want you to feel like you were winning in that situation. Yeah. No, and I I had similar, like I had, when we were in part one, I had left Christianity in college and was really going through this sort of like just absolute frustration with Christianity at large. And even though you weren't necessarily a practicing Christian, you you had not gotten to that place. And so I just continued to want to put evidence in front of you that would nudge you towards the direction that I was taking around scientific materialism and stoicism and some of these other lanes that I'd interacted with instead of just rooting for you to have a relationship with the metaphysical in any way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. or, or at least just rooting for you to be a part of finding something that you found purpose in uh, that was greater than just our human existence. And um, that's what changed Mm -hmm. in part two is, you know, you were still a Christian when we got back together. And the way that I approached that was I had just zero interest in, uh, you know, getting you to change or rooting against you, you know, 
almost almost in part one, it was like rooting you to stub your own foot underneath the umbrella of Christianity that mm-hmm. you were a part of. Yeah. And in part two, it was like, I want you to win in the way that you relate to what you call God. Mm-hmm. And if that's Christianity right now and you feel like you're winning, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love yeah. that. All right. You want to jump in? Number yeah. two. Number two, value each other's opinions and experience. Keywords, value opinion, value experience. If you want to feel like a, you know, relational unit, then your partner's experiences and your partner's opinions Mm -hmm. must be at least run through your system as if they were your own. And that's what we call empathy. (laughs) Recognizing the significance of what they think, feel, and have gone through involves actively seeking to understand and appreciate their perspective, considering their thoughts, their feelings, how they made a decision, the decisions that they've made, and really, really diving into that empathy and compassion aspect. Yeah, you really could just put be empathetic right but and, some and people don't really understand what that means totally. in relationship and I, I say you know going back to opinions and experience most men want their opinions to be heard and valued most women want their experiences to be validated and understood and to be uh identified as as rational yeah and that's why both opinion and experience, it, it pertains to the masculine and the feminine dynamics. But, you know, what do these actually look like? It looks like the female partner saying to the male, hey, I trust your opinion. Whoa, that feels so good to dudes. I'm telling you, it does. For In a world where ball busting is like just rampant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, saying calmly with trust. Yeah, I, I really trust your opinion on that. Mm-hmm. It's like you'll you'll watch you'll see him like get buffer. I swear, right? In that moment. <laughs> um, or even this is underrated. When your partner has made the right decision, you go back and go, "Hey, you nailed it on that one. Mm-hmm. Like you totally made the right call." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I even think about like AHCC and our uh, our business revolves around immune until AHCC. And when we first met, you introduced me to AHCC, and I saw the whole back end of the product, and it's very expensive. And it to get it, you know, expensive to make and to get it it's from expensive Japan and, to get in our door. And I was like, oh my God, you know, with my experience in supplements, I'm like, this, these are, these are like parameters that are far outside of doing something like this. This is, this is just going to be very, very difficult, but you nailed it. You're like, it's I so said, true. I don't care. And I, it's, ha- it's, it I is. have to, it is challenging. It is hard, but it's just changing people's lives. And yeah. so you nailed it. Great job. Thanks, babe. Um, here's one that, that is really important for men to say to women. I believe you. Yeah. I, I believe the experience. The thing you're telling me, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to be skeptical and doubt. I believe you and your emotions. Hey, I, I know, I know this is emotional, but your emotions are valid. Mm-hmm. They're really valid. I, I see you and I feel yeah. that this is challenging or yeah. I feel that this is exciting too often. Men kind of go just like, Oh my God, she's overreacting both negatively or positively. They'll be like, Oh my God, she's like way too excited. Like when girls get together and like, Oh my God, like they freak <laughs> the fuck out. I have to sometimes be like, they can do that. <laughs> like, that's great. That's really awesome for them. I don't have that ability. It doesn't come naturally in me. Because uh, I think other times in my life where I go, is that real even? It is real. And I think it is real. It is real. It is real. Um, I will tell you, I you know that I, I'm really bad at existing in an inauthentic way. Yeah. 
And you see me sometimes with some girls, not every girl, but there are some women, some girls, some friends in my life where that side of me gets unleashed a little bit and I can feel like, you know, kind of like stiffen a little bit because, but, (laughs) but you know me and you know that I don't, I can't show up inauthentically. And so it is real. It is, it's very real. Totally. Yeah. Can it also not be real and be like overdrawn, Mm -hmm. overdone for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I think that that's great. And I, I will absolutely concur on the I believe you because as women, as the feminine, anyone who has a feminine essence, um, you are more, mm, your emotions are more easily accessible usually. And so they can bubble up sometimes in a way that feels silly or irrational like i know that sometimes that i'm being irrational and it hurts to like keep it inside still and so i've gotten to the place where now i can share it with you and i can even say like i feel silly saying this but this is what's going on in my body yeah or this is what my experience is so to have the masculine representative as ben goreski would say to have the masculine representative you know, not intensify that feeling that's already there for me. I already feel silly and irrational sometimes. I don't need you to dig in and say right. like, so to to have somebody validate and see your experience as like totally real and authentic is like, okay, I can just like be myself and I don't have to worry about keeping up an image that's not real for me. Yeah, same for men. I'm already judging my opinion before I give it. I'm already creeping self-doubt in the decisions that i'm about to make so when i go make a decision if you interject with doubt it feels like shit mm, and i'm yeah. not saying you i'm just saying yeah. the yeah the, no you. i i feel that for yeah sure. so spot on i was thinking of like you know in horror movies when you know the the female like calls the police to come like there's a fucking ghost in here <laughs> and uh the cop comes and they're like hmm, not seeing anything or whatever the example there would be to say i'm not seeing anything but i believe you yeah. You know, I believe that something's going on. Right. Yeah. Right? But we, we're always left with like, you got to believe her yeah, when, you're, right. when you're the viewer. I know. So and that's how it feels sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, so please, rem- I'm not crazy. <laughs> so remember that moment. Everything. <laughs> yes. Um, I think in part one where this showed up for me was when we would have, when there would be an instance where um, your feelings were hurt and you would make that known to me. And all you were looking for was like a simple, I'm sorry. It And I didn't agree with like, mm, that you should feel bad about this thing. We only know our inner world. We only know the intentions that we bring to something, right? And you can't see inside my mind and in my heart of my intentions on something. So if my communication isn't clear enough where I'm I am sharing my thoughts well enough to where they land in a way that you can metabolize. And I fuck that up. I fuck the communication up and your feelings do get hurt. That's on me to make sure that I communicate better next time. But I know in my head that I didn't mean anything malicious. And I, I'm, then I try to over explain and like, no, this is what I meant. You shouldn't feel bad. You shouldn't have your feelings hurt because this is what I meant. I didn't mean anything and we good got intentions, to, good yeah, intentions. I had good intentions. And yeah. so then there would be these moments where you'd be like, I don't care what you meant. I don't care what was in there. This is how it came out. This is how it was interpreted. And it made me feel like shit. And even in those moments, it was really hard for me to say, I'm sorry, because it didn't feel authentic because I knew that I didn't 
mean to hurt you. I didn't want to hurt you. And it just, it was really difficult for me to, to recognize your experience as valid when I knew in my head that my intentions were good. Yeah. I think that's, that is a generational cultural, uh, challenge for many is that, well, my intentions were not bad, so I don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. That is a, it's, it's really brutal in our millennial and Gen Z generation is the, huh, well. I don't feel bad about it yeah. or I didn't mean it that way. So I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. And and you can still convey that. You can still communicate to your partner like, hey, honestly, like these were my intentions. My intentions were 100% pure. Obviously, I did a really bad job of communicating that to you. And I'm really sorry for hurting your feelings. You can still communicate that your intentions initially were good, but that somewhere something you know, down the line, something went wrong and you need to own it. And I feel like I do a much better job of that in part two. Hopefully you can back me up on that. (laughs) Of course. I mean, we don't have, we don't have a lot of like needing to take ownership for a bunch of shit in part two, but yeah, you, you, you definitely, when we have charged conversations are, are a lot more interested in like, Hey, how did that, how does that from your perspective feel? And you know, what does that sound like? I see your perspective. Yeah. 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 Uh, number three, moving on to the third way that healthy relationships thrive. This is a biggie. This is literally every person that I talk to that is having relationship issues. It comes down to many times prioritizing productive and respectful communication. When people are having issues, a lot of times they are not prioritizing productive and respectful communication. So what do we mean by that? We mean creating a safe space with your words verbally, but not just your words, also your body language and facial expression. So I could be saying something to you, but rolling my eyes or crossing my arms and completely closed off like, yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. We're good. We're fine. Yeah. Like, but my body language, obviously, and my facial expressions, obviously are communicating something different versus being open to you being soft, having a soft look on my face and saying like, you know, and communicating that way. Um, I think also speaking to the productive part, having an end goal, having something that is the target of the, of the conversation. Like, what do we want to get out of this conversation? Do we even have the same end goal in mind? It's hard to know when you've gotten there, if you're not seeing it from the same uh, or if you don't have the same goal, I should say, if you have different goals for the conversation, you're not going to know when you're there because it's just a, con- a confusing mess. And I think also, you know, if communication is a is a thing that keeps coming up in your relationship, structuring regular check-ins, which we've talked about at length. If you're new to the medicine or if this is your first time listening, we have a whole episode where we talk about what a check-in is and the structure of a check-in. I think it's episode 113 if you want to go back and listen to that. But basically a check-in is a safe container to provide feedback to your partner that both people are entering into voluntarily and they know what's inside the check-in. So it's, you know, complimenting your partner, telling them where you know, 
where what they're doing really well and how you f- what is going well in the relationship basically and then on the back side of that like what you need more of what you would love more of what you would want to see change a little bit um so that is a, a container that we call a check-in and it's like the changing the oil in your car some people need to do it more often some people, you know, that we speak to do a weekly check-in. Some people do a monthly check-in. You and I have gotten to the place where we are able to do them as needed, where when one of us is feeling something that something needs to be addressed, um, if it's not urgent, uh, then we just simply ask the other one like, hey, can we schedule a check-in? And the other person knows exactly what that means. It's like, yeah, let's make sure we're we're in alignment moving forward in our relationship. Listen, COVID was crazy for all of us, but one of the silver linings of it all that no one can dispute is that more people all over the world are now taking ownership of their health and realizing that the effectiveness of the immune system is actually a year-round daily job. We can't rely on the government to keep us healthy. It is up to us. And there is so much that we can do to bolster immune health naturally. One of those things is Immune Intel AHCC. This is a patented cultured mushroom product that goes through a very unique and rigorous fermentation process, which makes it more bioavailable and efficacious in the body. It's truly one of a kind amongst every other mushroom product out there. Immune Intel is an immune modulator with a normalizing effect for the immune system. So it's also supportive for those with autoimmune issues. It amplifies the innate intelligence of the immune system. It's a powerful antioxidant and has even been shown in clinical research to lower inflammation and stress hormones like cortisol. Chase and I both take two to four capsules a day without fail because we want that immune intelligence year round, baby. Not only are our bodies better equipped to handle things like viruses and bacteria going around, but also things like cancer cell proliferation. Yes, I said it. I don't make claims, but there are literally hundreds of clinical studies to back me up on that. To grab some for yourself or learn more about the pile of clinical research on AHCC for cancer, Lyme, HPV, liver disease, and more, go to themedicine.com forward slash products. That's themedicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N dot com forward slash products. And feel free to use our podcast listener discount code medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N. Cheers. So yeah, prioritizing productive and respectful communication. You cannot not have this and have your relationship be healthy. Yeah. I mean, this one obvious, right? Like good communication. (laughs) But I think what, because it's so obvious, like, you know, respectful and productive communication, what we might be missing is that leads to emotional safety, which leads to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability is the foundation for intimacy and emotional connection, which are the critical components to a healthy, thriving relationship. And so this one kind of, it, it, it's deeper than what it seems like, you know, and then beyond just the ability to like resolve conflicts, like through a check-in or whatever, respectful communication can actually be a catalyst for 
innovative and creative solutions for what might be charged issues in the relationship or even mm-hmm. just logistical issues that, that don't have anything to do with the relationship. Let's say it's, hey, how do we financially plan for the goals that we want to have and not make this a disagreement or a charged conversation? Well, if you both understand that you're prioritizing productivity and respectful communication, you're both going to come to those conversations with a lot more uh, courage Mm -hmm. to talk about innovative and creative solutions. It's just like in a working environment. You know, as I've been on various leadership teams and working environments and you have your leadership meetings if you feel like the CEO is going to just criticize everything that you have to say, mm-hmm. they're not going to respect your words. They're more interested in showcasing their own narcissism in this in this setting than they actually are in getting productive, innovative, creative solutions out of that meeting. You're not going to want to speak up. Right. And so the same theme lives here. You can get if you know that you're safe mm-hmm. and you know that you can be vulnerable you will be able to put forth really interesting creative solutions yeah. on where and your relationship is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, absolutely. I think there's a lot here that's actually just like, you know, oh yeah, totally communication, good communication. No, productive, respectful. Yeah. yeah. It's safe. And we're going to actually make something of this. Why are you having charged conversations if you don't want to get something positive or better on the other side of it? Right. And I think this- a lot of people just want to argue so that they can get their shit aired out and yeah. have the other person feel a little icky about it. Yeah, this is where the growth happens. This is where the growth opportunities are in relationship is having a disagreement or a charged conversation or a situation where you don't see eye to eye. The way that you handle your, yourself through that, it it creates a snowball effect for moving on through your relationship. And people don't realize how many opportunities for growth they have in their relationship. And newsflash, no matter how perfect your partner is for you, you're my person. There's no one else in the world for me. I know that. We still have some charged conversations. It doesn't It doesn't just go away when you find the one, no. when you find the right one. I would honestly be worried if there was zero, zero disagreement or charged conversations on anything between a relationship. I'd be like, Who's uh, muffling their voice? Who is not speaking up? Who's suppressing what they actually think? Because I just don't think that those that that exists where two people think the same things all the time, always. Yeah. You know, in part one, our charge conversations just didn't have any clear productivity about them. Mm -hmm. And there definitely wasn't respect. And so it's just like they were they were absent altogether. Yeah. And we would have charged conversation, but there was no there was no like all right, what are we going to do from here? Here's yeah. here's what I'm hearing from you. Here's what you're hearing from me. How do we commit to at least yeah. attempts at being better? It was just all reactive. And and in part two, yes, we have charged conversations. And of course they get emotional. Um, but we do close the space with, yeah. here's what I'm hearing from you. And here's what I'm committing to yes. as far as being better. Um, yeah. We also don't hesitate to um, interject creativity or innovative ideas into how we can be better. And that happens mm-hmm. both in our relationship as well as like you know this podcast well, we've had charged conversations around this podcast mm-hmm. and and how we want it to directionally orient and things of that nature and um because we know that both of us respect the things that we have to say we can be as mm-hmm. creative or innovative as we want to be even yeah. if those are get get very businessy mm-hmm. bus- very very like uh you know almost cold because they're they're just very black yeah. and white and masculine 
If you, I, the last thing I'm going to say here too is like, if you don't focus on specifically productive communication that your partner can metabolize, then issues are going to go unresolved. If you just get to the point where you can't look at each other anymore, dude guy takes a walk outside for an hour and, you know, mom goes in and starts bathing the kids and they don't ever actually come to a resolution. There is a charge to the air. There is like, you know, the feeling Mm -hmm. when we've, we've had this many times, like in part one, where we would have a reactive, you know, uh, bout of communication and some, it wouldn't get resolved the that night the next day there is this air of like awkwardness where you know you feel the the unresolved nature of your dynamic and then because it's unresolved this is going to bleed into a, a a point that's coming up it's easily accessible to rewound your partner mm-hmm. going forward oh yeah. yeah so maybe we can jump into that one i know we're skipping one but yeah, no, it's a great segue. The next way that relationships thrive is they don't bring up past issues that have been resolved. Mm-hmm. And something that relationship counselors, advisors, people like us who are talking about the importance of conscious relationships don't talk about is the importance of closure with past issues in the relationship. Yeah. And not reopening what has been closed or resolved. And I think this kills relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... It's so easy. It's just easy, low-hanging fruit that you have to resist if you want your partner to feel safe. Yeah. Like in our relationship, this was a non-negotiable. If things from our past, mistakes that I've made in part one came up all the time in our daily dialogue, I would never feel safe because I would always be on edge wondering if you were going to throw something in my face, even though I was in the wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's understandable, but we've, we've moved past, we've resolved that issue. And so if you're constantly bringing up old issues that have been resolved, your partner is never going to fully feel safe. No. In fact, that should be signs that maybe you shouldn't stay in the relationship if they can't move on from things that have been healed. Now, yeah. I will say, disclaimer, it's not that those feelings that hurt from the past will ever go away. Right. Yeah, they, they'll feel better and maybe they will go away. Awesome. Good for you. That being said, you can't let that feeling go outside of your own experience because when you've closed the issue, you've closed the issue. And if you've healed from the issue, that is now just you running your hand over the scar and saying, oh, damn, there's still some scar tissue. But guess what? It doesn't have to impact me still. And if it is impacting me, it's my shit. Mm-hmm. If you're bringing it up for the purposes of starting a conversation or using it as a weapon to win a conversation, which is probably yeah. pretty standard. Well, you did this to me when we divorced. Ah. Mm-hmm. That is just low vibe, dude. That is totally on you. I will say, though, that let's just use the example of the past issue pertained to a behavior pattern in one partner. Like the partner had the susceptibility for verbal tirades and screaming. And that issue was closed and it was resolved. And there was a commitment to not do this. And there was a long period of evidence that that doesn't, isn't being done anymore. If you are the one who is now losing your top and freaking out and yelling and screaming, that's your shit. 
Mm -hmm. you're bringing that back into the relationship. So it's not just like bringing up a past memory. Yeah. But if it's a habit that you've formed Mm -hmm. that is not healthy, that you reintroduce because of your own lack of impulse control, Mm -hmm. that's also cause for a lot of challenges. And so it's not just like, well, you did this 15 years ago that is still a thorn in my side. It's like, hey, you committed to actually moving on from that behavioral tendency Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, you just showed that, mm-hmm. you know, again, and it's really hard for me to want to be yeah. safe or feel safe or, or trusted in that environment. Can you give an example, like between us, if you, you know, screamed at me and called me a bitch and then you, you know, were like, I'm sorry, that was uncalled for. I'm not going to do it again. Or, you know, I won't, yeah. I won't do it again. And yeah. then a month later you do the same thing. Yeah. Or even something that I would never call you a bitch. Ever, no, you never, never have. have. Um, but yeah, that's a, that would be a good example of that is. Um, you know, someone who's, and you see this often, unfortunately with men who abuse, but it's, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. I'll never yeah. do it again. I swear to God, I love the you last so much. Time, uh, I promise, I you're love everything you. to me. Stay, don't leave yeah, me. And even if it's not, um, you know, punching a woman in the face, <laughs> if it's throwing things, yeah. uh, punching walls, these are, I didn't hurt you, but you just showed that you have the ability or you don't have the ability to control the impulse to punch the wall yeah. or throw the <laughs> How does lamp. she know that she's not going to be next in line or right, whatever? It's right. just not, that's a terrifying situation. Totally. This one, you know, if, I'm not, I won't go into the detail, but you've heard us, if you listen to this show, talk about the high dream, and the low dream. You want to immediately be out of your high dream in your relationship? Yeah. No. Bring up old shit. If you want yep. to immediately jump into low dream, bring up old shit. Yeah. This, this flat out Part two would not, we would not be able to be together had you not mastered this. And you have, I want to speak to that because I don't know if I have, if I have acknowledged it enough for how grateful I am. (laughs) It makes me emotional because it is really important to me because we literally would not be sitting here had you not mastered that skill. Well, and you've just been incredible because there's still attributes of our divorce. Both of us have attributes of our divorce that hurt. And even sometimes going through these fucking outlines that we're making for these podcasts, like brings up old feelings of pain, but we've both done a good job of saying, Hey, I'm thinking about things that happened in part one. And, um, I don't need anything from you. You've done everything. You, we have closure. You've given me, there's nothing more that I'm asking from you to say yeah. or anything, but I just need to let you know that it's kind of running through my nervous system right now. Yeah. And this week for whatever reason, I had a bad dream. Yeah. Or, Oftentimes it's after a dream. Totally. Or, or always, always around August and September, there's something that, you know, your body keeps the score. It just holds the memories. And, uh, I, and I've shared that, you know, we've shared this and, and I'm like, I don't need anything more from you, but you know, sometimes it just kind of that, that old shadow runs itself through my system for a minute. And I feel a little, I feel a little less, uh, light and bright than I usually do. Yeah. Um, and I think, so I, again, to the point of like, it may not ever go away, but you do have the ability to say, Nope, this is just my thing. And if you do need to bring it up with your partner, there's a lot of language that can go around it. That's disarming. And just the tone, the, the, the frequency, the energy that you put behind it, it's, it's never like pointing your finger at me. 
it's like a moment of sadness where you're just like opening the door and letting me like know that like you're having a moment of sadness. And, you know, in those moments, I want to do nothing else but just like cuddle the shit out of you to like offset anything. But I know that that's not necessarily a cure. It's just, it's like, this is all I have to offer is just my physical and verbal declaration of undying love for you. (laughs) Yeah. I freaking love you. I love you too. All right. Number five. Uh, Before I say number five, guys, if you're loving the medicine. Yeah. And you want to hear from us on a weekly basis. We have something called the medicine drop. Holler. We have a weekly newsletter and we give away a free product every single week. So if you like us, find yourself wanting to try everything that pertains <laughs> to supplements and devices and modalities for improving your health, but have realized that they're very expensive and you want to find a way to get some free product. Um, if you jump on our mailing list and check your email every week for the medicine drop, it usually comes out on Thursdays, you'll have a chance every week to enter for free products. And this is mushy love. It's immune Intel HCC. It's Organifi. It's Keon. Ned, it's Asia. Paleo Valley. Literally all, everything that's in our medicine cabinet. All the brands we talk about. Um, in addition to, we love to throw quotes, uh, in, in the newsletter, as well as things that we're learning as it mm-hmm. pertains to health and wellness. Uh, recipes, uh, workouts, a host of different things that you can check out. So if you want to do that, we'll drop a link in the show notes to sign up for the medicine drop and uh, you will be on our weekly list and giveaway entry for winning free stuff. Yeah. You got to If you want to win, you got to enter the giveaway and the way that you enter is by clicking the button, adding your information. And then the next week when we announce the winner, you have to respond to that email. Yeah. So you have to actually open the email to see if you've won. We're not going to email you. You have to email us. You have to respond to the email with your shipping address and we will get your goodies out to you. So that's how you win. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's jump to number five. Number five, find ways to admire each other. What you seek, you will find or- always. Always, if you are seeking out ways every day or on the reg, ways to admire your partner, maybe you, maybe you speak to them, maybe you don't, but what you're doing is you're wiring, you're programming your brain to find and acknowledge, at least to yourself, all the ways that you love, admire, and trust your partner. Mm-hmm. And that is the reality that I want to live in. It's just, I can't even explain the difference because I, I know the difference from part one to part two. When we, when things were, you know, not going so great for us in part two, towards the end, I was putting you through tests. I was finding all the ways that I, you know, proving to myself, you know, reinforcing well, I just, I don't think we're meant to be together anymore. And I would look for ways, look for the evidence that supported that. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it was just fake. It wasn't real. And I wired my brain that way. Okay. It's official. (laughs) 
I am on the She Legit train, y'all. If you haven't heard of it, She Legit is an ancient superfood harnessed for its tangible impact on strength, vitality, and energy. It contains an abundance of trace minerals, antioxidants, organic acids, and nutrient transporting compounds. It is a total badass supplement, you guys. But anyone who has taken Shilajit before knows that it tastes like tar. (laughs) Well, finally, the formulation geniuses at Organifi have somehow found a way to make it tasty in their new Shilajit gummies. Since taking these gummies, it's enhanced my stamina for workouts and really gives me better energy throughout my entire day. I genuinely love these gummies, and so does everyone else. Organifi can hardly keep them stocked. To support your mitochondria, eliminate heavy metals, and fuel your body with critical trace minerals, go to Organifi.com and use the discount code MIMIFIT, that's M-I-M-I-F-I-T, for a hefty 20% off your SheLegit gummies or any other Organifi products. Enjoy. And it's just a horrible way to live, to think about your partner that way. And now it is so far the opposite. It's like in another dimension (laughs) of how I am just constantly looking for ways that I admire you. And I don't speak to all of them because words of affirmation isn't necessarily your top love language. Um, I speak to some of them, but I know how it feels on the inside for me and, you know, whether it's through my words or my action or my physical touch, you feel that you feel that admiration. Yeah, totally. It's, um, you know, a critical piece to this is paying attention to love language. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, mine is quality time and deep conversation and, and physical touch. You know, when, when you like, you know, massage me as I'm falling asleep, I just feel so loved. It's just incredible (laughs) and admired. Um, but that's really important because if public declarations of love make your person feel awkward, you know, Mm -hmm. they may not even feel your admiration as much as you Mm -hmm. intend for them to be admired. They're like, yo, the, the public carousel of my face photos on Instagram, which I, I I like, you know, I love when you do that kind of stuff. So I'm not speaking that for me, but some people that might be like, yeah, uh, it could be embarrassing or yeah. Um, and I think that. You know, another underrated attribute is that by doing this, by showing your admiration and having and looking for these different ways to admire your partner, they are inspired to continue to be admirable. And um, especially men. It's positive reinforcement. Watch a man's chest swell with pride when you give him verbal, physical admiration. um, And it's honest and it's felt. Or like... You know, you're in front of his family or something and you you compliment him in front of people that he respects or loves. That's like just steroid to the uh, confidence of a, mm-hmm. of a male for yeah. sure. This can also show up. You don't have to say, I admire. I mean, you can like, I admire no, how right. hard you work, but you can also just frame it like, thank you. Thank you for, or I'm so grateful that you blank. It doesn't have to be some official form of like declaration of admiration. It can just be an acknowledgement within you of something that you see in your partner that you really appreciate. And even just saying like, 
thank you so much for unloading the dishwasher. That's really helpful. Like you are admiring that they are helping you, that they are being supportive to the household. So it sounds so small. It sounds like a really small thing to say, thank you for unloading the dishwasher. But it's not because these are, this is a culmination of a lot of small things over the years that aggregate into a ginormous, massive, unexplainably important thing. Yeah. Um, if you don't feel admired, words are pretty dusty. If you feel admired, words feel like icing on the cake. So talk is cheap, in my opinion, and f- ensuring that your partner feels admiration. I don't need to be told I'm admired if you spend a day with me and we make eye contact and we have physical touch and we have incredible dialogue where we're both listening to each other and contributing something to the conversation. I don't need, I don't question whether that person, whether that's a friend or you as my romantic partner, admire me because I'm like, that was fun. Mm-hmm. And if you say, oh, I admire you so much, I'd be like, oh, thanks. Great. Awesome. <laughs> if you said that, and I was like, really? You know, well, we, I don't, I don't feel admired, you know? And so I, I definitely think that paying close attention to love languages is, yeah. is just a, uh, super, super important in this one. And, and perfect example of this would be part one. Um, words of affirmation are important for you. And I was introverted and um, I had, you know, love of my life, like absolutely obsessed with you. All I want to do is spend time with you. And that's been the case since I was 15 years old. But we get married and I'm, I'm like unable to put vows together out of my concern for how awkward I'm going to feel in front of people proclaiming my love for you. Yeah. And even though I can, I, I was, I could tell you in person and I could do so many things that showcase oh, you wrote my, me letters, right. made me CDs. But like, there was just, I couldn't get out of my own discomfort yeah. to be able to give you what you needed, which was a public uh, declaration of my, of my ooey gooey love for you. And of course I wrote vows and I threw some humor in there, but you know, even like the, the recording, it's, it's kind of monotone and my whole voice is just like, I was just very introverted. Nothing like I, I communicate now. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, this was like a, this was a thing. This was one of our very few like fights yeah. in part in our engagement or dating. Just, just normal base, basic just, yeah, bare minimum like, vows. Yeah. I take you yeah. to be my lawfully wedded wife. And I wanted to write our own vows to make them more special. Yeah. And this, I, I will never forget the conversation. We were in um, one of the bedrooms at the lake yeah. and at, at priest and we just went back and forth. And I remember laying back on the bed, just crying because I was like, why can't you just tell me why you love me? Yeah, and I Like, would, that's not and I was hard. Like, why is it so important for you to, for me to do that in front of people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to feel soft, you know, yeah. cause I was just, oh God, insecure 21 year old. And I took it as like, you don't, like there was, it was something about me that you yeah. didn't want to like I classic me. Yeah. I made it about me rather than like something that oh, you're... I made it about me too. Yeah. It's, it's classic stuff. And part yeah. two is it's totally different. There's, I can, I can always improve. You make me aware that it's important to you. And that is so helpful. I don't think I did in part one. I don't think I no. knew that it was important no. to me until I didn't have it. No, we didn't have the tools to be able to dissect this at all. Um, I love doing it now. I could, sing i'll write a fucking song for you if you want me to you have written poems i have written poems and um but it does i, I do appreciate the reminders because it's not the default for me still even though i'm i'm good at it and i like hearing myself talk and i love that kind of stuff and uh it's not the default so i appreciate the reminders and or even just the feedback they're like wow that felt so good 
Yeah. Or, or I will say now when we've, when we've had a good day or a good weekend, I'll be like, God, I loved spending time with you this weekend. Mm-hmm. God, this was just fucking perfect for me. Mm-hmm. I just, I just feel love. It's right just now. nourishing. Yeah. yeah. And that's important. That's just really important to give your partner that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Last one party people never stop playing together. This Woo! is our, this, if there was a number one, this communication in this one might be tied. Yeah. Um, we didn't but, include sex on here, but that's probably number one. Well, this, too. But this, kinda, filters, this is kind of sexy. It, it, it is kind of sexy. And honestly, like you can tie sex into each one of these. If someone doesn't feel safe, they're not going to want to open up yeah. and you're not going to have mind blowing orgasms together. If your communication is not respectful, uh, she's not going to feel emotionally connected to you yeah uh you know it just goes on and on if someone doesn't feel emotionally connected they're not going to want to open up and yeah this this definitely is a sexy one um our day-to-day life and stresses can make us as adults sort of rigid in our ways Mm. like you know we're just going through the grind the grind we call like the daily grind um we all have to, you know, take care of a household or there's kids and you do need to be able to, you know, function together as a productive unit. But if you're so rigid in your ways of like what is so serious in life and you forget to play together, that, you know, shoots flirting in the foot like you're not going to feel flirty and fun and goofy and you're going to have less laughter in your life i swear laughter is like the cousin to an orgasm totally it's when you are laughing you're opening yourself up you're vulnerable in a way and i swear like laughing can lead to the it's sometimes like the best foreplay yeah it's a release right yeah i think it leads to also it's great foreplay but it also like leads to the ability to especially for a woman to be able to relax into her own yes. body and experience pleasure laughing and is pleasurable and it is like a precursor exactly to and and men pleasure. have oddly enough but it's important for men too and i assure you especially as you get older there's more of a um there's more of a release to your pleasure as you get older as a man there's just it that you don't you're not just so horny that you could just freaking knock anything over <laughs> with your boner 24 hours a day so th- so you kind of nurture this new relationship with sex and playfulness and libido and and there is more of a release which is yeah. like i have to release the world and the things that i'm thinking about yeah. in order to sink back into my pleasure and laughter is critical for that so even for guys who aren't typically being advised to like sink into their pleasure i think it's still an important thing yeah absolutely um, non-sex related the funny thing that about playing together, as I was thinking about this, uh, you know, sort of outside of the box, if I don't, if I can say so myself or whatever that saying is, <laughs> <laughs> if I do say, if so, I do myself. say so for myself, thinking outside the box over here, um, I thought of novelty, but also tradition and ritual when it comes to play. Why is that important? Well, both of those are really important in building a relationship, building a family, building mm-hmm. a community is that you want to find moments that can become memories that can be reintroduced as nostalgic traditions, mm-hmm. family holiday traditions. They're, for people who, who have families, you likely have this really cherished attribute about the holidays because there's some level of tradition yeah. involved that started with a feeling of playfulness. 
that's really important in a relationship dynamic is to to identify what has felt like play and go, man, that's so good. I want to revisit this later. And we'll get all the feelings of nostalgia, all the dopamine, all the oxytocin, all the all the the satiation, the fulfillment of that ritual. But you have to continue to introduce novelty in order to one, find those moments that you can turn in tradition, but two, experience novelty, which is an also an incredibly important experience to have as in a relationship because it it opens you up to like a cascade of hormones inside of mm-hmm. your body uh, to begin with. But also it's just something that you can continue to find connection with your partner through yeah. by by doing new things together. And the yeah. way that our our chemistry works is that we anchor those little moments of playfulness with another human being as intimacy and we hang on mm-hmm. to them. Um, and so it's just huge when, you know, everything, teamwork, collaboration, emotional connection, vulnerability, playfulness is this sweet little like. Uh, it's a lubricant. Monk, it, it, it totally is. It's, it's like, a it's like a, um, what's the term that I'm looking for? Uh, well, you think, I'm going to say that I think, playing together when people lose that they can start to drift and if you feel that in your relationship that things you're feeling disconnected i would encourage you to think of something playful that you can engage in together and use play as a remedy to sync up again maybe before you have a conversation about like we're disconnected why don't you love me like you used to? Or like, this isn't, you know, whatever, like whatever, before you air your issues, like what if you scheduled a playful date together and had that reconnection that way? And then, you know, it's a lubricant, right? Like things are, things are going Mm -hmm. together a little bit better. Things are sliding together a little bit better. And then when you feel a little bit more of a connection that way, then you can like bring up like, Hey, you know, I'm just having a great day with you today. And it's just reminding me that I just miss playing with you or I miss being, you know, goofy, silly, or I miss doing X, Y, Z, whatever the thing is with you. And I, I would love to put more effort to that because I just feel so connected to you in this moment. And, you know, lately I've just felt like we were a little distant, a little disconnected. And I want to make sure that we're, we're nipping this in the bud early on. And, um, so let's schedule this again in a week or two or whatever. So like, Use it as lubricant when you are feeling distant. Yeah, lubricant's a great word. I was thinking of like a master key. You know, mm. it, it unlocks a lot of doors. Skeleton key. Skeleton key. That's the word. That's the freaking word. Great. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, you know, in part one, we waited for the, you know, what the world says is an allowable time to be playful. So yeah. we'd play on the weekends. We'd, we'd have a good time on holidays. We'd go on a vacation and we would play. And we've always been friends. That was never, ever a problem. Yeah. But it was few and far between because... First, partly because I traveled a lot, but our life, I took life so seriously, I'll speak for myself, where it wasn't rational to goof around randomly on a Tuesday yeah, or to say, hey, fuck, you just want to like, you know, dip out and and go get dinner out tonight or let's go walk the beach or you want to go for a hike or uh, you want to play a game or you want to turn music on that we haven't listened to and goof around and dance in the kitchen. I mean, and- sometimes now you'll literally just grab me and start dancing with me totally. in the kitchen. And it's sometimes it's like, you know, slow and sensual. And sometimes it's just like giddy and yeah. silly and goofy. And I'm laughing until my stomach hurts. And it's, it's, um, we're not waiting for like, let's do that no. this weekend. It's just no. anytime, anywhere. <laughs> We work out together, which feels like play. Uh, we 
cook together. Sometimes, you know, we, we just don't have the bandwidth to be able to legitimately cook. But when we set time aside, we'll be like, hey, let's make something fun tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul check workshops, learning together is a form of play for us where we are both giving our effort towards learning something new and challenging. Mm-hmm. And we I find that to be very intimate when you do that with somebody well we're yeah we're opening up our brains and minds together and like then we have new meat to chew on together as dialogue we uh thursday that's something uh or just going to coffee dates where we select time out of our day not just like oh this weekend but we'll actually take time out of a random day to go and spend uh Mm -hmm. hours together goofing off having coffee having Mm -hmm. something having a treat you know breaking our rules a little bit and um, it just adds so much sauce to the relationship. <laughs> and the whole Christmas season is just play for it's us. It's play. It's currently playful. Every time you you know throw on Dolly and Kenny, it's gonna be it's gonna be play happening. True that, guys. That is six ways healthy couples thrive. If you hate being in love, you probably don't want to listen to this episode. <laughs> but if you have any interest, and again, reiterating the importance for not just people who are in a relationship, but those who are single as well. Recapping these six. One, want their partner to win at life. Two, value each other's opinions and experience. Three, prioritize productive and respectful communication. Four, don't bring up past issues that have been resolved. Relationship closure in the relationship. I might like start coining that because that's such a good idea. Uh, Five, find ways to admire each other. And six, never stop playing together. Never. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, I would love to know from you guys listening what you thought of this. If you had any that you would throw in there as well, you know, like I said, this is not an exhaustive list, but the next time you're around a couple that is just seems like they just got their shit together and they look like they just really love being around each other and you feel lighter when you leave their presence. I bet they do most if not all of these things so just you know check our work please do yeah before we go i gotta know what is your medicine my medicine today um was meeting up with my my girlfriend melissa um we had a little fun smoothie date at the beach and okay it's december 15th and it's like 75 out and sunny and we're sitting on the beach. I'm in shorts. I'm sweating. I have like a steady stream of boob sweat down my shirt. Mm. (laughs) And I'm just like, well, I have nothing to complain about. And, you know, catching up with her um, and having a little date was uh, some medicine. And she's just, she's a great friend. And she's one of those that I can just, I can just talk about basically anything with and we can get weird and talk about esoteric fun stuff and then bring it back down and talk about business and things like that. So if you're listening, Melissa, I cherish you and uh, you're just you're just a a beam of light and you were my medicine today. Yeah, she's awesome. 
What about you, my love? What's your medicine? My medicine is the feeling that I'm getting as I think about the very fun evening we have scheduled tomorrow mm. night. We are going to the Nutcracker Ballet yes. in San Diego. I've never been to a ballet before in my life. Me either. Um, listened to the Nutcracker soundtrack, and I'm a little intimidated because it's pretty intense stuff. <laughs> um, but we're going to dress up. We're going to go to the Nutcracker. It's a matinee. And then we're going to go to dinner afterwards with our dear friends, Stephen and May. And this is a tradition we, every year around the holidays, we do a double date with them, mm-hmm. going to a live performing arts event, mm-hmm. uh, supporting some local talent. And uh, it'll just be a ton of fun. I love live theater, live Me performances. Yeah. You just get to see the raw vulnerability of people mm-hmm. just... And just raw talent. No, just talent it's just the humanity yeah. of it you can literally see the pulse in these people's you know uh <laughs> necks as they do their various physical acts and sing and it's just really incredible and uh so that's my medicine I just, i'm just stoked about it and it's going to be a really fun christmasy weekend. yeah i'm really excited it's going to be a blast yeah all right guys it's 456 that's 456 and a perfect time <laughs> to wrap up thank you so much for listening to the medicine podcast we appreciate you so much honestly uh, we love you and we mean it. And um, if this touched you in any way, send it to someone you love. And we will talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. bye. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.